Welcome to the FitPro Lead Gen Podcast, where each Monday we bring you a brand new guest interview. And today we have another big one for you. But before we do dive into this week's guest interview, I just want to say a big thank you to Lead Deck for sponsoring these shows. Lead Deck is the all-in-one platform that helps you generate more leads and get more bookings. As usual, if you want to join in live with these guest interviews and ask questions to the guests themselves, then come and join us in the free Facebook group. In there, you'll be able to join in with these interviews and find a load more resources to help grow your fitness business. Anyway, enough of me talking. Let's dive into this week's guest interview. I think we'll we'll um, we'll we'll just go from this. Um, usually, we have like an intro music and outro music, and we have loads of little jingles and stuff. Obviously, we can't do any of that today because uh, we're doing it all on Zoom. Cool. Uh, any specific questions you want me to ask that makes you sound like a genius? <laughs> uh, don't know. Really, I haven't thought about that. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, and the main topic of today was all about trying to succeed online. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just um, building an online presence and growing a profile. Because, I mean, in in the last three and a half years, I've grown my Instagram page from 1,800 followers to 300,000 followers. Wow. Okay. Um, and... Uh, that uh, sort of subsidized my business. I own my own gym. Um, I'm a former professional boxer. I'm a boxing coach now. And it just helps me to kind of make everything else a lot more functional. Cool. No worries at all. Let's, um, <coughs> let's dive in. Let's not share any stories so I can kind of enjoy it as we're going through. Um, ready? Yeah. Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new guest interview. This week we have Matt all the way from snowy or sunny Hampshire. What is it with you right now? Uh, rainy, actually. Rainy. <laughs> if you're watching this like further down the line and not live, then it has been snowing here in the UK the last couple of days. We had a bit of snow in Cardiff. Have you had anything where you are? We just had one day and then the evening it rained, so the snow kind of dissipated, but it was nice <laughs> while it was here. Yeah, and that was the same here in Cardiff. It was here for one day, woke in the morning, wow, snow, and then by the evening, the rain had come and washed it all away. Cool. Okay, today, um, quite an interesting one, because we have lots of people coming on about business growth and uh, paid marketing and other types of stuff. But from the intro then, we just chatted about going from almost like zero on Instagram to over 300,000 and using that to help really with your fitness business. But before we do dive any of this, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got started in the fitness industry okay so um i am a uh well my name is matt goddard i run a business called the boxing locker i am uh 32 years old um i'm a former professional boxer and now boxing border control licensed professional boxing trainer um i'm a qualified personal trainer um i've been in boxing since i was 11 years old uh, i was undefeated as a pro i won national title as an amateur um my boxing career got cut short due to medical issues uh, in 2014. And from there, um, I was already working part-time as a PT. Um, I gained my qualifications sort of on the side while I was training. Um, and uh, from there, I started working in 2015 full-time in my own space. Um, this is the second incarnation of that gym that I'm in now. Um, and yeah everything's going from strength to strength with that side of things uh i'm very busy i'm looking to expand all the time um i've trained perhaps 250 different clients every week that come oh. through the doors of the gym um that's including group sessions so you know there may be 15 people in the gym at one time um and yeah in 2018 august of 2018 i had uh, 1800 followers on my Instagram page. Um, I decided to invest a bit of energy into growth there, and now I've got 302,000 as of this morning. Um, and that sort of takes up a lot of time. I'm in the process of just recently um, started working on a YouTube page and kind of trying to grow a YouTube account as well. Um, I got to 50 odd thousand followers on TikTok before I kind of scrapped that because I was a bit fed up with the process. Um, and yeah, that's that. 
Are we ready? So literally just saying those numbers, everyone's suddenly gone from, oh, who is this guy to, whoa, pay, pen and paper, let's go. How do we get to 200,000? <laughs> there we go. So tell us a little bit about your studio then. So you're working out of somebody else's place initially, and then now you have your own place. Is that correct? <laughs> Uh, no, so initially I had a, a much smaller space. I started off in my own space. It was just much smaller, um, probably a third of the size of what I've got now. Um, and uh, it was just reasonably cheap rent, um, family, friends. So they made it made it a bit easier for me. Uh, and it was just an opportunity I started in my local area, kind of build up, build up a client base. Um, and yeah, 2000 and 2020, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, I opened the new gym because the building for the old gym got condemned. Um, so I had no choice. Uh, decided to go big. So go big or go home. So I went big. Uh, and yeah, everything's going really well here. Nice. So tell us about it. Is it specifically to boxing only or do you do other martial arts or do you do other types of things? Or is it There's, there's no other martial arts here. It's just boxing. But um, a, a large portion of my clients are here for fitness not for boxing. Um, I sometimes incorporate aspects of boxing training into what they're doing, but it's generally um, just fitness. I mean, I run boxing fitness classes, proper boxing competition classes. I run boot camps that's pure fitness. I run mixed classes. I run free kids classes for ages 5 to 15 years old. Um, and then the rest of the days I'm here doing personal training sessions with clients who have a whole kind of a wide interest with regards to why they're training fitness, weight loss, boxing, boxing for fitness, boxing for fun, all of that. Okay. So someone's, uh, they're a they're qualified PT or they've got their own studio and they want to maybe start doing a little bit of boxing or boxing coaching within their uh, fitness business. How would you start promoting that and making people feel like it's not coming to get beaten up? They're coming to maybe do a little bit of self-defense and to really encourage people to come down and try it? Um, first and foremost, I like to use kind of uh, uh, testimonial type uh, client statements and things. Um, use a lot of videos with my clients. And I just really make clear when people uh, inquire with me that if they want to do boxing, it's not a case of they're going to be hit, they're going to be it's just being really open, upfront and transparent with them from the start and making sure they understand that whatever training they're looking to do will be, the sessions will be geared to that. And that, you know, you can pick up the skills of boxing and learn boxing without having to be hit. There's, there's plenty of learning to be done um, and plenty of ways to progress and grow without necessarily having to get in a boxing ring and have somebody lump you around the head for 12 rounds. Nice, nice, nice. So you've got the studio, like we've got a massive insta following all this type of stuff and you want to launch youtube stuff this seems like there's a lot of stuff going on do you have staff that help you along the way or is it all just you um it's essentially just me uh, my partner she runs the admin side of the business so she does all the accounts um and uh helps to manage my um facebook posts on social media which i use to um I used to advertise what classes are on and stuff for local people um, as opposed to using the Instagram, which I kind of keep separate. Um, but everything else, YouTube, Instagram, all of the work, it's all just me at the moment. That's oh. that's part of the expansion. <laughs> you must have no time for holidays or doing anything that you kind of want then. Well, I've actually got um, I've got two young kids as well, so I'm pretty busy with, uh, with them in any time that I'm not here. Um, but, yeah, I'm busy. I'm a very busy guy. Okay, so let's let's because obviously uh, we specialize in lead generation. How are you finding uh, the task of getting leads and what are the offers to kind of get people into your fitness business right now? So what I've found over time is that um, valuing myself has helped a lot uh, and actually underselling myself has, has kind of diminished the potential for clients because if you undersell yourself, people think that you're not very good. Um, so first and foremost, I put my prices to a number that I think is manageable um, for people, but is uh, works for me to, to kind of be worth my time and my energy. And then within that, I then offer bulk bookings, bulk discount bookings of 10, five or two sessions that are discounted. 
Um, I share that with my local. I mean, I have uh, almost 3,000, no, over 3,000 um, kind of local people on my Facebook account um, that I use, advertise directly to them uh, for bulk bulk discounts. Um, and then, to be honest, the, the greatest lead generator for me recently has just been through Instagram because people message me every single day, where are you based? Um, how far away from me are you? Uh, looking for training all the time so um, and that includes kind of professional athletes actors all sorts of people okay i don't want to go on instagram just yet because that's where everyone's going to be itching to learn how you did it so you said you got to fifty thousand on tiktok is that correct uh i'm i think last time i was on there it was 53 54 and then you've stopped because you're not enjoying it what does that kind of mean well um I did that really quickly, by the way. It took me about two or three months to get to 50,000. And I, it was just the case of putting the content on there at first. But the problem is there has to be an element of interactivity with it. And I find it a lot easier to interact on Instagram because of the the format, because of the, the manner in which you interact. Also, I think TikTok is a much younger market. And I think um, it's full of people who who like to make bold assertions and, and kind of statements and um, question things all the time when they come from no real base of knowledge or understanding. I mean, don't get me wrong, that exists on Instagram, but on TikTok, it's just, you know, uh, I, I kind of got fed up with children that have never done what I've done or been where I've been, um, questioning everything that I was doing from a technical standpoint. Um, and also the, the kind of uh, monetization of TikTok for me seemed a lot more complex compared to the monetization um, of my Instagram. Uh, and yeah, it just, it just seemed like too much effort on top of what I was already doing and too much energy kind of needing to be sacrificed to really help it grow. Okay. So we grew TikTok quite quickly. And then obviously you have this huge following on Instagram as well. Growing both, is it the same type of formula or did TikTok require a different formula to what you've done on Instagram? Um, I would say the thing with TikTok was pure consistency. Um, and actually, I, I think part of it was that quality of content doesn't really seem to matter so much on TikTok. It's more about just ensuring you're getting the content out there every day consistently. You know, I was uploading four or five videos every single day. Um, and and half, half of it is stuff that I, I didn't really. This is the other thing. I, I mean, I wasn't in love with the content it was forcing me to put out because it was forcing volume as opposed to quality. Mm. Um, I was just kind of uploading anything I made. Um, and that's not to say that it wasn't good from an information standpoint, but I take a lot of pride in the quality of the content I produce for Instagram. Um, and so, so, I mean, on there, some of the videos that I've made have cleared 2 million views. Um, and on TikTok, I mean, it was some of the content that was getting the most views was the stuff that I had the least kind of pride in. Um, and that put me off as well. Yeah, it's crazy how that works sometimes. So one more on TikTok then. Obviously, Instagram is a lot more pictures and stuff where TikTok is purely videos. How much yeah. time was going into creating four or five videos a day to kind of, like you say, some were just getting them out there and some you worked hard on. So how long roughly would it take to get four or five videos done a day? Well, the, the content I'm, I share or was sharing between Instagram and TikTok was essentially the same. But what I would do is I would usually spend about an hour a day just recording continuously. So I would set the camera up, record 10 different combinations on the punch bag, record 10 different technical tips, record five videos of me just doing some training, um, do a couple of kind of technical tutorials, um, try and make a couple of comedic type videos, and then just upload them and then the other the other thing I, I did on tiktok was just to start recycling content because after a month or so most of the people seeing it have never seen any of the the old content that you've shown anyway interesting so you would just go back and just repost or just kind of have a new spin on it exactly that and that's a big thing, especially obviously diving into YouTube. Now that is a major thing on YouTube is having a look what's worked before and then creating an updated version of it, linking back to it. And then that will increase your views on that original video and the future one as well. Yeah, That's a helpful tip. I'll remember that when I start making more YouTube videos. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Cool. Okay. So 
let's dive into Instagram. And now before we dive into the online aspect of running a fitness business, let's have a look at how Instagram has helped with your local business. How is it attracting people? How is it helping you sell um, your PT, your one-to-one, your classes and stuff at your studio? Um, from a kind of client generation perspective, I would say it's only really the boxing side of things that's grown because my my Instagram is exclusively boxing. Like I don't I don't put out fitness content on Instagram. It's just boxing, boxing fitness, boxing technique, um, and uh, I I've seen an uptake in class numbers in people messaging me directly for boxing lessons in professional boxers and and amateur boxers contacting me to come down and train and to come and train um actually to do those sessions um from a fitness perspective from clients that are coming to me from fitness that hasn't really been changed i've got a very good reputation locally um i've been training people here for almost 10 years now so it's um it's kind of i've, I've got a very very well established client base in the area um and for me it's what Instagram's done is helped me move towards more towards what I want to actually do, which yeah. is the boxing side of things. And so it's enabled me to transition quite smoothly from more fitness based clients, which is where I was five, six years ago to now having more boxing based clients and, or certainly boxing fitness over just general fitness. Okay. So I, I think that's the biggest benefit of my Instagram page from a local perspective. So how are local people finding your Instagram account then? Because obviously I'm gonna we'll talk into how you're spreading it worldwide and getting people around the UK and around the world and stuff, but how are local people to hook? I'm guessing that, that's where you're based, yeah. Yeah. How are local yeah. people to hook finding your account, enjoying it and then reaching it and coming down to you? Uh generally it's kind of word of word of mouth an instagram kind of means you know it's, it's sort of like uh one of my clients will like a few posts or comment and then their friends will see that post and then it just sort of expands through that way really it's nothing it's nothing deliberate or specific that i'm doing um it's just it's just the kind of natural advantage of using using instagram properly um i come up on pretty much all local searches so if you if you go on instagram and search hook my my gym will come up in in the locations in there um most people when they come and train here they tag they tag themselves here um so that happens as well that helps people come put me in their story or they put me in a post and tag me can we just, just pause on that point then then of course, yeah, how, yeah. how are you encouraging your clients to check in to tag to post about their time at the studio because that again that would be a lot of the big things a lot of people who struggle to get people to leave reviews get people to check in get people to share what they do at their at their specific gym on their stories and stuff the primary thing that i've learned is that you should never be afraid to ask all people can ever say is no so i just say i'll oh, tag yourself in the gym or oh would you mind tagging yourself or oh if you're going to take a picture can you please tag me when you post it tag the location it's just I just ask nice. um, and and I I ask if I can record content with them and then tag them in that content so that then the same thing happens. Their friends see they share to their story is it's really just a case of um, being brave and bold enough to just ask and and have a go. As I said, the, the worst answer you can get is no, thanks. And then it's done, you know. I, th I think that is the big one, especially like even just for reviews, everyone's just kind of too scared to ask just in case they're going to say no. But then the, the best situation is going to say yes. The worst situation is no, or they just don't answer. So I'm guessing you just have to ask to make it easier for yourself. That, to be honest with you, that's that's all I've ever found. I mean, I sometimes share on my Instagram or sometimes share on my Facebook requesting people to to do a to do a review, but it's much more effective to ask them directly because it also without without being rude or, or overly um aggressive about it, it kind of forces them into the into the position where they have to say yes I will or no I won't. And when they say yes they will. They know they're going to see you again, so they kind of feel um, feel obliged to make sure that they do do it, and and generally it, they they end up they end up doing it as as they're asked. Nice. Okay, so 
I'm a complete beginner on Instagram. I, I kind of, I've all, I'm always on it. I'm liking stuff and I'm really need to kind of use this. Cause like they've listened to this interview and they're like, oh, if, if like, if Matt's, Matt's able to do it, I should be able to do it, but I'm not sure where to get started. Where does one get started with Instagram to maybe get their first, I don't know, thousand followers? Right. This is an interesting one because this is actually, um, this is probably the, the thing where, I'm going to have to go into a bit of an anecdote with this um, because in in 2018, August of 2018, I had 1,800 followers and I went to Barcelona to visit a friend. My best friend lived in Barcelona. I went out to stay with him. We went to a hip-hop night. Okay, so we went to... The hip-hop night was run by my friend's roommate um, and uh, there was a man there by the name of Chi Modu who is, uh, um, was sadly passed away Um God rest his soul, but he um, was essentially one of hip hop's greatest photographers. He's he's famous for having photographed essentially every picture you've ever seen of Tupac um, and uh, various other incredible artists across the US. Now, it just so happened because my friend's roommate was running the event, we got to go out with Chimo Du after the event. Now, he had at the time, I believe, 130,000 followers, something like that. And I thought, you don't get it if you don't ask. So while we were sat down having a few drinks and just discussing things, I said to him, help me. Like, how, how did you get such a long, uh, such a great following, such a large following? Um, obviously, he's just posting pictures as well. There was no real kind of interactive content. Um, and he just gave me a few bits of advice. First and foremost was integrity with the content you produce, do what you want, not what other people want or what you think other people want. Uh, the second was um, optimize your your content, um, which I then went into doing. I'll, I'll talk a bit more about this after, after the three things he said. And the third one was um, harass the kind of market. So everybody else that's doing what you're doing, like it. Everybody else that's commenting, like their pages or, or you know, prove that you have a common interest in trying to attract people to you through being so active. Um, so I began doing that. Uh, and yeah, within, within a month, within a month, I cleared 5,000. Wow. By that Christmas, I was at about 12, 12, 15,000. And then the following year I hit a hundred K. Wow. Yeah. So, so, let's let's break that down to a few things then uh number one was create content that you enjoy doing but yep. let's say i'm quite a boring person i i wake up at six and do my first couple of clients and i go home have my dinner then do a couple more clients and that's it and I'm, I'm not an interesting person how do i put content out that's interesting <clears throat> the thing is I, I think there's a misconception that you have to appeal to the masses and actually, I found I had a much greater success rate appealing to the niche. Um, and for every type of person to produce content, there is a type of person that will want to watch them producing that kind of content. It's just about making sure you find a way of reaching that market. Um, so if you were that person that you described, I would say, after doing your two morning clients, pick an exercise that you took both of them clients through, demonstrate that exercise with perfect technique, do a breakdown of the technique in the caption, make sure the caption's super spicy, add in emojis, make it look attractive to the eye, select a, um, a industry-wide use 10 or 12 kind of cap, uh, hashtags in the caption, and then pick specific hash hashtags that are directly linked to what you're demonstrating, share it, put it on your story, ask your friends to like it, directly message all of your friends and say, oh, do you just mind liking this post? You can send them the links to the post. Um, family, friends, clients, everyone just say, can you please like this post? Um, and then share with people in the industry and just say, oh, I've just started posting. Would you mind checking it out? It only takes one or two people um, with, a, with a substantial following to like your post um, for it to give it a massive boost in the algorithm. And before you know it, you are, um, you are far more visible. Okay, 
so let's let's go to uh tip number three which was it almost sounded like being just relentless so when you said you have to like other people in your industry so let's just say you will go and like ricky hatton's post and all these other boxing people's posts so you keep popping up on their kind of news feeds and their followers feeds and stuff yeah yeah so it's not it's not so much that they notice you it's that you will comment on every post that you will like every post that you will um, share to your story. And, and what happens is uh, once you start interacting in the comments as well and other people see your name consistently coming up, it, you, you have a kind of uh, a popularity by nature of, um, of familiarity. People just keep seeing you. And so they think, oh, oh, this page is obviously a serious page. They know what they're talking about or they comment a lot. They, they're obviously into boxing. They'll look at your page. They might go straight off it, and then they see you a couple more times, and they look again. It, it pure, purely down to kind of consistency of output and and persistence with with um, ensuring that you you kind of don't take any breaks. I mean, I, I would say probably for six months, I would like between fifty and a hundred pieces of content every day that were. Um, people who were doing exactly what I was doing or trying to do what I was doing, maybe in different ways or other boxing coaches, other boxing fitness professionals from all over the world. And it just, um, one or two of those only have to follow you back or to like what you do. And, and as I said, massive algorithm boost. Okay. So let's, let's talk in time requirements then, because like in 50 to hundred posts and the commenting and the messaging back and all this type of stuff, roughly what we're talking, are we talking an hour every day? We're talking two hours. We're talking just half an hour. The reality is you get out what you put in. So, I mean, I, I, the way I did it was I would do 15 or 20 minutes every, every sort of three or four hours when I was back on my phone in between sessions or before I went home from the gym or, um, in the evening before bed and and the it doesn't necessarily have to be in fact it's probably more beneficial to disperse it through the day because if you do it in one chunk you're only going to get one block of content whereas if you disperse the output through the day you're going to reach more people posting at different times nice okay so we talked earlier about you'd share the same stuff on instagram to tiktok which then kind of meant that was video based but is that what we need to do do we need to do videos or should we do pictures or should we do carousels or should we do question type posts where they've got a comment what are the do we need to do them all or is there a specific one we should be aiming for so the in interestingly the instagram algorithm has been changed so much over the last four years or so that um that the kind of content you're putting out is it is heading a bit more towards tiktok anyway um but initially i would post um i would post a, a mix of, of pictures and videos um and then it just headed more and more towards videos as as i realized that actually in my area what people want to do is is see the physical act of what they're what i'm trying to teach um, and a picture isn't enough and uh, and it, it means that you get a lot more questions in response to the video or you get a lot more kind of um, you get a lot more comment commentators sort of speaking on what you've done and so that gives the the interactions a big boost you get you get sort of shot skyward um, on the algorithm from that uh, you get a lot more likes from videos than you do from pictures or, or on pictures rather um and the 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 value of certain interactions um is is far greater so shares and comments are much much superior to likes um and i've kind of found over the last the last maybe year and a half it's really heading towards shorter faster um content i used to produce a lot of um 10 videos in one post with each video being a different demonstration. Now I combine those 10 videos into one video and post it as a reel. Um, and I mean, my, my Instagram now looks a lot more like my TikTok page did, but just with uh, with better interactions. Nice. Okay, so are we prioritizing content that we're putting out or the engagement via liking, commenting, and interacting with other people's posts? 
what I found that I completely ignored at the beginning, it was more about consistent output and just completely ignoring kind of what happened for a week or two. So, right. So I'm, I'm going to roll it back a little bit to the optimization point of the Instagram page, because this kind of ties nicely in with the question that you just said. Um, initially, when I uh, set out to grow my Instagram page, what, what I had to do was I had to optimize and streamline the actual Instagram itself. So I had uh, almost 2000 posts on my Instagram page, all fitness, boxing, nutrition, every single bit of information that I had. I was like, oh, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. And I stripped it back to approximately 15 posts. And they were the 15 most popular things that I had posted. And they were all boxing related. Um, and that gave me the framework for the kind of content I wanted to produce. And it gave me the framework for the kind of content that people were legitimately interested in seeing. Um, and so uh, I, I produced content that I thought matched the, the structure and the framework of, of that interest. And it was um, things like, for example, in a, in a boxing, um, in a boxing gym, I'm on a heavy bag and I'm going to say, right, we're going to do 10 jabs. 10 crosses, 10 hooks, that's a boxing fitness workout, do it 20 times. Um, and then I would do a technique video and then I would do a, a, a video on um, speeding up punches. Just just a, a variety of things around the subject of boxing. And every couple of weeks I would go back um, and delete anything that hadn't cleared the top 10 view number. So the top 10 most viewed videos that I'd posted if it was outside of that, I'd get rid of it. And so the, the optimization process just continued again and again. Um, and by get rid of it, I don't mean delete it forever. I would save it to then re-upload at a later date. Um, and basically the first year of content was an awful lot of just reusing content I'd already tried to post that, that for whatever reason hadn't necessarily um, kind of magnified in views or in likes. Um, and it made a massive difference doing it like that. So we need to kind of clear our Instagram and almost start again then. Is that kind of gist of it? It just depends on the engagement engagement to post and followers ratio. So if I, you know, at the time I had 1,800 followers, maybe even 1,500 for some of these videos, and the good content, the kind of best content I was producing might have had 100 likes. Um, and then I, I, I posted a picture that got 1800 likes and that sort of started helping me to blow up. Um, and then after that, it was kind of just making sure that when the algorithm viewed my page as a whole, it viewed it as successful in regards to the ratio of followers to likes or followers to views. Um, and I know views are actually a lot more important now than likes and they make a much bigger impact on how your, how your content is, is blown up through, through the algorithm. So it's, it's a case of just um, ensuring you know what content is doing best for you and trying to maintain the production of that kind of content as much as possible. Nice. Okay. So we've got 15 topics and I, I don't know much about boxing. So kind of bear with me here. But if you're doing a, a workout on a bag, there's going to be only a certain number of workouts that you can do on a bag, I'm guessing. So then you might feel like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be repeating myself if I'm going to teach that thing again in two months' time and I've got to keep doing it every two months. Is that okay to keep doing that same thing every couple of months or do you have to come up with a brand new thing every single time? Boxing is a bit of an interesting one because there, there is, there's a, a multitude of different things you can do so there's a lot of content to be produced but what what you find i did a post on this the other day that's had 100 180,000 views already actually and it was a, a video of kind of um i all at once i did all of these kind of uh stupid drills that boxing coaches on instagram give people that aren't real like they're not things that real boxers do and i recorded a 10 second video of me doing all of them at the same time just looking like an idiot um, and then I recorded a video of a legitimate bit of shadow boxing, which is where I'm kind of uh, punching at a target in front, like an invisible target in front of me, an invisible opponent. And I said, this is what real boxers do versus what Instagram would have you believe boxers do. Um, 
And actually, what you want to do is you, you, you need to decide whether what you're doing is producing content for the sake of growth only, or whether you're producing content with the idea of maintaining integrity within your within your uh, genre or, or niche, you know? And, and for me, I could easily sell my soul tomorrow, record videos of me doing loads of stupid things that aren't real, and I'd probably hit a million followers. There's, there's, there's loads of, of guys on, on Instagram doing a similar thing to me that are in the five, 600,000 followers, almost at a million, a million followers range, but they don't coach boxers and, and no boxers do the things that they talk about doing. Um, and for me, what, what my, the integral part of my Instagram process was that it was going to help me grow to a position where I could, um, have a more established boxing gym as I've managed to do and try and attract more professional athletes to work with. Cause my long-term goal is to be, uh, to train a world champion. Um, so it kind of tied into that, but from a perspective of, of whether you should, I would suggest, yes, there's nothing wrong with that or just delete the old content and repost it again um, or re-record the content in, in a better edited way, kind of look at, look at it from an analytical standpoint and say, this video sucks for these reasons. Be honest with yourself. Don't try and big yourself up. Be horrible. Go, that looks rubbish. That looks rubbish. I said that wrong. I did that wrong. Try and redo it again. Post it better. Delete the old one. See how it goes. And we could go for hours with these type of questions. There's loads coming into my head now, like different things. I've got one here, a big person. If one big celebrity or one big profile likes and comments, is that just going to explode your profile, is it? Essentially, I mean, it's not it's not quite as dramatic as you would think it is. But um, what I think the, the main thing about it is it gives you an element of credibility. Because what you're doing is appears to be popular enough for that person and and you know the, the the instagram world the tiktok world it's all incredibly superficial and the value of content is only in its popularity unless you're doing what i do which is essentially giving out legitimate information and trying to teach people something um and even that you know the, the minute a professional boxer comments on my page and goes oh this is brilliant or likes a post or shares a post or follows me it, it immediately gives me more credibility um and and people in the boxing world then go oh this guy obviously knows what he's talking about because you know uh so and so liked the post and so and so followed him and so and so um so yeah i think i think that's the important thing from a credibility aspect even if it's just popular content like if if a million different kids see that kim kardashian has liked to dress they all go oh yeah and they'll like the dress as well. And even if they don't like the dress, that's that's the kind of interaction level that we're at. Do you, if they just liked your post, do you have to acknowledge them in the comments saying, hey, 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 Matt, cheers for, cheers for liking my post in the comments? Or is that kind of a no? I've done that a couple of times, but it, it doesn't really work out any better. Like it doesn't magnify it in any way. Occasionally I will message them directly, which I think is a better route. Um, I just say, look, thank you for liking this post. I really appreciate the support, um, you know, and then try and begin a kind of a rapport with them of some kind about, you know, generally the good thing about boxing is I can talk to them about boxing. So I can say that and then say, loved your last fight against blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Thought you did this really well. Appreciate you coming to my page. Um, let me know if you want to have a bit more of a chat or if, if there's anything you want to, you want to know. I think it keeps coming back to this integrity thing that you keep mentioning. Then you're either in it to actually do the right thing or you're doing it just for the kind of likes and the followers and yeah. stuff. Okay, three more questions then. Otherwise, I'll just keep adding to this list. The next one I've got then is optimizing your profile. So we've talked about optimizing your content and stuff, but if someone jumps on your profile and they read the bio and links and stuff, how important is that section to get right? Uh, first and foremost is your profile picture. It's got to be cool. It's got to be something that um, that represents what you're trying to represent on your page. So for me, for years, I just had a picture of me topless trying to look all hench and fitness pro kind of stupid, which it did nothing for me, really. It didn't, it didn't tell anybody anything about me. It just made me look like another person on Instagram who was doing what all the other hundreds of thousands of people that lift a few weights do. Um, 
and and then I I changed the picture to uh, a picture of me boxing, and immediately that that uh, kind of signified to people when they came to my page, oh, this guy is a boxer or he has boxing experience. Um, I changed my name to uh, include boxing coach. Um, I I changed my bio to list my achievements, so I put seven and oh former professional boxer um qualified personal trainer uh recently i've added in boxing board control licensed coach um i've removed the pt aspect because as i said i'm trying to direct more of a boxing thing in there um and i've added the link in my bio is now to youtube it used to be to my website where i sell programs and plans um and the other thing is give away a lot of information without giving away too much information. So say something that is impressive and, and kind of en encompasses a lot of different subjects without necessarily. So for example, former pro boxer, I don't need to say much else without it saying a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and same for, I have um, boxing teacher or boxing coach in my, in my page a lot with, with the emoji of books next to it. Um, because it it differentiates you from you know I teach boxing I'm a, I'm a boxing coach I'm a I'm a boxer size coach I'm a I'm a PT you know try and try and make it attractive in that sense as well so it 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 gives people questions not just answers nice okay you mentioned software to be creating your videos like you say you might put a video out and you think oh video's terrible I can redo that. What software is he using to create these better videos, these better images, these better types of content that you're putting out? So the uh, this is a bit of a bad one from my perspective. I've only ever used my iPhone. So everything that I have on, on uh, Instagram, TikTok, is only phone content. I don't record content for social media in any other way, except YouTube, where I use a, a Canon, um, a proper camera. Um, but what I've discovered is the the depth of editing that you can do using social media itself. Um, so a lot of the content I produce, uh, anybody who's watching this, go over to my Instagram page, The Boxing Locker. You'll be able to see the the um, the manner in which I'll combine videos, cut videos, shorten videos, lengthen videos, slow videos, put captions, put titles. And it, all of that is just via Instagram. So I think a lot of it isn't necessarily the quality of the videography itself as much as it's the, the quality of the appearance and making it as interactive and, um, and clear to understand as possible. So, you know, I'll, I'll post the video, for example, of me throwing a combination and I'll say um, heavy bag combo. I'll throw the combo in regular speed. Underneath, I'll have the numerical um, combination. So like one, one, two, one would be double jab, cross jab. I'll post that video. Um, and then, but afterwards I'll have it in slow-mo and then I'll have it fast again. And then all of a sudden you've got a 20 second video of a two second combination with a very clear description of what you're doing with a caption underneath that says why it's a valuable thing. And then, it looks like you've got some really cool looking content, but actually it took me four minutes to make and to post. So just to confirm, you don't use any apps. It's just the native Instagram app that does all of this. For you. The only, the only thing I use apps for is uh, for YouTube videos. If I'm recording YouTube videos on my phone, I use an app called splice, but I'm, I'm not affiliated to them. I don't get any money from them for saying that. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I literally only use my phone for all the content I produce. And I actually have a really old iPhone, so I need to get a new one because the quality of the video is not great. Okay, final question then. And this probably is the biggest one for for all of us in the fitness industry and self-employed world. Um, the only reason we do all of this is to earn money. Yep. So how are you monetizing your Instagram account to to just, yeah, how are you monetizing it? Oh, sorry, I've just disappeared there. Am I back? Oh, yeah. Back. Okay. yeah. Um, sorry about that. Uh, monetization has been a slow process. Um, first and foremost, I uh, look to interact with different companies whose, uh, whose gear that I liked. Um, I use my following to acquire a massive discount. So I basically kitted out the gym essentially free of charge um, through companies um, that obviously then feature in my videos.
Um, some of those companies I had affiliate deals with. Um, so I would get commission from sales and I still have a couple of those. Um, I got a full sponsorship deal from a company called Venom, who are the sponsors of the UFC. Um, and I had a two year deal with them. Uh, they paid me monthly. They um, sent me free stuff quarterly. Um, uh, and that deal recently ended and I set up a deal with a new company, a, a, a new company in the US that have just established themselves. Um, and that's the same kind of deal. They send me free equipment and they pay me monthly. Um, I have a subscription page on my Instagram, which I'm not sure how many followers you have to have to get, but um, now so people can subscribe directly to my Instagram to get exclusive content. That brings money in. Um, I monetize stories and lives so people can send me badges to send me kind of to give me money and support. Um, I use links in my story to get as much business to places where I can earn more money, like affiliates, like my website where I sell programs, um, like my YouTube page, all of these kind of ties in. I use the links a lot in my stories. Um, what else have I done? Um, I think that's about it really. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. I tried to cover as many things as I could in a short no, period of time. So a lot of it comes then through affiliates and free stuff rather than people actually paying you directly. It comes from them buying stuff. Are they well, a, a lot of that is a niche industry thing because the boxing industry isn't enormously wealthy with regards to um, kind of pay. It's not like makeup, for example, where if I was posting makeup videos, Maybelline would give me a million quid to put my eyebrows on or something. Do you know what I mean? It's more... Um, to no makeup that well. <laughs> no, nah, well, neither do I. That's why I said Maybelline. I'm not even sure that's still a thing. Um, uh, yeah, it's, so so the companies, companies in, in my industry, boxing specifically, <laughs> are a lot more interested in um, getting something out of you uh, on a regular basis. Um, you know, they, they'll give me... so. For example, I've got I've got gear from Venom that gave me bags. They gave me a, an affiliate link to that. If anybody bought any Venom equipment using my discount code, I got commission. But also, I fe they featured in essentially every video I made for that period of time, and that's the same thing now with with um, the company I'm working with, Zero Fight Gear. They they I use their gloves in every video. I use their t-shirts. I'm wearing their their jumpers or that. You know what I mean? So it. The, the reward for them is in the consistency of visibility yeah. rather than just in like, here, I'll give you 20 grand to record this video doing this because it, what people are interested in boxing is, is the quality and um, longevity of the, the equipment. So seeing one video isn't necessarily enough. Um, I have been paid to record certain videos. Um, I mean, people ask me to do things like, I'll use use our, our headphones in a video and we'll pay you 500 quid. And I, I don't do that. I've refused to do that. And I've always refused to do that um, because, uh, the, uh, again, it comes back to that integrity thing. And I think if you dilute the quality of your content for the sake of earning more money, the quality of the content will be diminished. And then so will your potential for earnings, um, which is what I've found. Um, and... Yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it on that. Wow, okay. I've asked a load of questions, and we always generally finish these episodes off by handing it over to you. Is there any specific questions you think that we didn't ask that you think we should have asked? Oh, goodness. Uh, not really. <laughs> I think we covered everything pretty well with regards to, to all of the kind of subjects that we could go through for social media and business with social media and stuff. Um, right. All I would say, the, the only thing I, I didn't really go into is um, aside from those three things, I had a real process that I followed to to kind of transform my Instagram page into what it was. And I'll just go through that really quickly for you. Um, so first and foremost, I cleared it. Secondly, I transformed the post that I re retained um, by changing the captions to make them all appear nice. So um, a consistent title, um, an emoji with a description of what I was doing, and obviously relevant emoji. So a boxing glove or a brain or a book something like that with the same caption set up on the hashtags and how it looks. Anybody that hasn't seen my Instagram, go over and look at that now and you'll see what I mean by that. There's a real continuity in each post. Um, the third thing was to, as I said, like as many different people as I could. And, and that comes down to as well who you follow. 
So I unfollowed everyone that wasn't relative to the content that I was producing. So now I only follow 400 people and I, and I, all of those are in boxing or, um, or are, in some way interacting with the business. So like train with me, for example. So I post content of them. So it's beneficial to have them that I follow. Um, the other thing was uh, to set up a content plan. Now this was really important because I didn't mention this, but every day I would have, every day I would have um, a list of 10, potentially 10 videos that I had to get recorded for that day for my Instagram. Um, and writing it down gives you a real good direction. It's very much like a script. I'm not writing a script, but I'm saying I'm going to record a video doing this. Um, and because you have direction, you don't kind of flounder about doing nothing and then end up with something that's sort of subpar because you just recorded whatever you could, which was the problem I had with TikTok. Um, it was almost impossible to plan enough content. Um, so planning out content is a real big, real big help. And then it also gives you a good perspective of what's successful because you see from the plan where you got lots of views and where you didn't, and that enables you to, to, to kind of produce more of that. So that that's all uh, I would add. Otherwise, I think we pretty much covered everything, mate. I think everyone's there scrambling notes down, trying to remember all this. But yeah, like I say, just come back and watch these episodes again. So you've actually got a little offer for everybody that was listening or watching along today, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yes, that is um, on my... Um, website I've got uh, you can now I've got now I've forgotten the code now I've said all that I've talked about too much I've forgotten everything locker ah that's right um, on my Instagram sorry I've got a code for all gear that is uh, zero fight gear so if you head to my Instagram and head over to the company that are tagged and everything you can use the code the boxing locker and that gives you 20% off all of their gear um I lost track so much when I was talking about that stuff. I completely lost where we were. Yeah, there's zero fight gear, 20% off everything. There's other codes on my page as well. So if you want to get um, money off. Um, and also, uh, don't forget that if you are local to the area, you can head over to um, uh, my booking account, which is um, on my Facebook page. If you don't follow me on Facebook, do. And you can book through there using buying packages, getting massive discount on all your sessions as well. Matt, I appreciate you coming on today. For anybody who is unsure, how can they find you on Facebook and Instagram one more time? Just Facebook, The Boxing Locker, Instagram, The Boxing Locker, YouTube as well. Please do subscribe to me on YouTube, The Boxing Locker. Um, TikTok, I'm still on there. I don't use it, but I'm still on there. And I occasionally pop back on to see what's going on. So you can find me at The Boxing Locker pretty much everywhere. Um, and if you can't do that, just type in Matt Goddard and generally it comes up within the first sort of few people. Matt, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming on. Everybody's put you there. Now, scam the notes, we're recording and trying to figure out how they can get to 300,000 quite quick as well. But no, I appreciate you coming on today and thank you for your time. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on another guest interview. Each and every Monday, we try and bring you a brand new guest interview to help you grow and scale your fitness business. As usual, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, don't forget to subscribe below. And if you want to watch these interviews live and ask questions, then come and join us inside the free Facebook group. I'll speak to you all next week. Cheers.